0: Going a little life out here. <laughs> what the hell's going on out here? It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Chance G to today NFL on what? and of course, follow the group at UK Packers. Took a week off, but I'm back, and I've still got too much hair. And there's so much Packers news, obviously, that's happened since I left. Uh, Lads, ladies, hold on. I need to get this drop live on the podcast because... (sighs) I know. Uh, Aaron and Danica have uh, broken up and... uh, It's terrible. I uh... I Who cares? Who cares? Um, So they've broken up. Uh, They've came out and said that the teams are going to start training camp on time. And also, Mark Murphy has confirmed that there's only going to be between 10 and 12k um, fans at the games. And I would gather an awful lot of those are kind of corporate boxes and all that kind of malarkey. And the NFLPA. And I'm running through all the news. That's it. I'm getting it all out within five minutes because it's about five minutes worth of news. Jesus. Yeah, good time. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be ten 000 to 12,000 fans at home. However... They released their accounts and as a man who's financially minded and, and kind of does that stuff for a living, they're doing, you know, pretty dang well. Mark Murphy's not concerned. That was one of the concerns that I had, but the salary cap is a concern and I do see that it hasn't gone down as much as people thought. we were thinking £120 million, down from about 198 ish, um, So it hasn't gone down as much as they thought, but the Packers looking in... Good shape. I absolutely love though. Underneath an article on the Athletic, uh, they sort of detail the revenues that they're five oh six. They were four seventy seven. Don't worry about it. It just means they've increased. And then the operating profit is seventy million up from seven hundred and twenty four k, which is brilliant because they get to say that they oh they brought the revenues up nine thousand six hundred whatever percent. Which you think if in the financial world the Ponzi scheme. But my favorite comment underneath all of these things is David H who says, can someone please... uh, Hold on, do I play uh, this thing? (laughs) I hadn't planned on Cloud of the Week, uh, but David H. uh, gets it because he says, please help me understand the 436 million in expenses. I understand that just under 200 million goes to the players. What's the rest of that? Well, just look at the accounts. Um, But also, (laughs) it's typical, like it's, you know, they've got other stuff to do. It's not just that the players show up and it's like, "Well, well, we're done now. You know, Aaron Rodgers does a whip round and says, right, lads, all aboard the bus. It's not like, you know, I don't know, I played soccer of a Sunday as a kid and we'd all dive into a bus and pay a fiver to the bus driver. Uh, who Seatbelts, optional. Um, if you had a seat, also sometimes, optional. And, the you know, you change on the side of the pitch. I used to go a strange shade of orange and blue. I don't want to talk about it. Um, and the fields were usually sideways. Anyway, um... Anyone who plays Sunday youth football will know what it's all about. That's not how the Packers run their organisation. And funnily enough, someone did about 10 seconds of research and put in the 2019 expenses. If you want the breakdown: uh, 64 million team costs, 67 million sales, marketing, and fan engagement, 30 million facilities leases and maintenance and 73 million general and administrative so there you go and um, to all this is the accountancy podcast it's with, with steve diddy nfl uh, but my uh, by far my favorite story of the week um, involves Brett farf he went golfing with the president so i get to play this <laughs> you, you thank god never farted yep Hey, you got any left handed football? Always fun, cool, and so. Uh, Brett Favre went golfing with Donald Trump and people are shocked and they're disappointed and all that kind of stuff but I'll just say this and I won't get into too much of the politics of it all but Brett Favre is from Mississippi uh, what did you think he was going to do do you think Mississippi is a red state and it's been a red state since 1976 um, so what did you expect did you really think Brett Favre who said do you think God ever farted is going gonna, is gonna to vote for anybody else um and then on top of that, he's rich, so he's a rich guy from Mississippi. So he's going to vote Republican. That makes sense to me. And um, when you look at the, um, you know, and I don't like to get into politics all that much, um, but you know, there's this reputable website it's called Wikipedia, and if you get on there, you'll see that it, like the way it swings is ridiculous. So 1976, they haven't voted uh, Democrat. It's been all Republican, um, and then Trump won the election by a massive margin. In fact, he increased the margin. Uh, by six point eight percent over what happened in the election between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama, so yeah, um, it's no wonder that he went golfing with Donald Trump. I'm not the least surprise, the fact that people are surprised has me surprised. Um, but let's gently move on. The training schedule. So the Packers are going back to training. Robert Domofsky uh, good old buddy old pal Rob, he put up the training schedule, um, for training camp and. Look, if you've read Instant Replay by Jerry Kramer, you'll know that the players absolutely detest training camp. In fact, training camp has been the reason why uh, so many players have retired over the years because they hate it, hate going. Um, And there was even talk about that, you know, them doing away with preseason and they're going to try to do away with training camp as well because they hate it so much. But um, it's not going to get any better, lads. Um, If you're a player... Now, this is a training schedule that I think i was gonna say tink, but i had to check myself because i am at uh, super patty, right so the training schedule july looks pretty vigorous according to rodomowski july 28th to 31st so day one covid testing so a schwab up the schnoz uh day two covid testing uh you know two reps of covid testing uh day three no testing so to get the chill um, you know, nurse their noses, uh, get their nose stretches in. And then day four, COVID testing. So they do three times. You know, Vince Lombardi used to do two a days. um. But the COVID testing, it's three a week. It's all I'm saying. And then they start the properly in August. So the first to the second is physicals and equipment. And then there's an acclimation. Acclama, Jesus Christ. Acclimation. It's very late. Acclimation period from august 3rd to 11th so it's good that stuff's kind of getting back rolling again but i tell you what like all the people moaning about like oh yeah sports coming back like yeah obviously we can't wait it's a sports podcast cannot wait for the goddamn thing to come back um but at the same time it does seem super trivial doesn't it oh as long as we have a sports back you're like nah. <laughs> you know is that really the deal anyway um 1919 club and shop so the raz has been done the video is going to be released probably You know, in or around the same time or after this podcast, congrats to the winners. We had three prizes this time around, but the 1919 shop is fully stacked with stuff. I won't talk about it too much. Uh, I guess this is the ad section of the podcast. Uh, So I got a Mason Crosby signed Helm. As my, one of my childhood friends would say, Hemle of a helmet. Um, uh, Zadarius Smith signed helmet. I expect those to go pretty fast. So if you're listening to the podcast, you're interested in those items, you know, jump on it because it, they'll go. Uh, Preston Smith signed jersey. Again, super high demand for stuff like that. Some nice golden oldie pictures. Uh, some good, sorry, Kevin King is in there. There's an Adrian Amos jersey. There's a Kenny Clark jersey, a Jay Sternberger jersey. There's a Lane Taylor jersey. Uh, Which is an interesting one because he's still on the team um, and he was expected to go. Uh, So there's a pick of his. There's a jersey, which is the cheapest one in the store. You can get the Lane Taylor jersey for cheaper than you can get a non-signed jersey. That's how nuts it is. And in fact, if you look on the NFL Europe shop, by and large, you can buy a jersey from there. But you can buy a jersey from our store that's signed by the player with... Uh, coa or jsa which is the certificate of authenticity Uh you can get that for probably cheaper than you can buy a new one um so you know if you want to know the size of the jersey if you want to go around wearing the jersey i've seen people do that people are doing that a lot with jerry kramer jerseys i notice in lambo Um. i've got a book signed by jerry uh, and his son daniel who took the pictures for the book um And I have a picture hanging on the podcast studio of Jerry, the famous one of um, Jerry Kramer lifting up Vince Lombardi off the field, uh, signed as well. And really precious. I can't imagine having a Kramer signed item and wearing it to a game. um, And if it rains or something like that, I'd be worried that it would run out. And how do you wash it? You don't, I would say. And also, ew. uh, Gross. Anyway, so the podcast, the history stuff's been going down really well. Uh, If you haven't heard the last podcast I did, It was the most unique one I think I've done. I've done some cool interview ones with, you know, Larry McCarron, Leroy Butler, uh, The Gravedigger. I've had Kenny Clark on, Mason Crosby on a couple of times. I'm hoping to get Mason on again uh, soon. Um, Mike Daniels was on. Mark Murphy's been on countless times. Um, Some people in the Packers organization that do really interesting jobs. Um, So they've been on. But this one was about the fact that the Packers drafted a serial killer. Now, they didn't go, there's a serial killer. Let's get him on the team, obviously. But it, it's the way it all panned out. You know, there was sort of there's evidence that he could have potentially have murdered somebody on the way to training camp. He still uh, sees himself as a Packer player. So if you want to hear sort of a serial slash CSI slash Packers crossover, go back and listen to the last podcast. Yeah, it was a weird one. I did it late night as well. So I found that after I did it, it gave me the creeps um, and I had, to, I had to wash myself of it. it. Maybe that's why I haven't done a podcast. Maybe that's why I took a week off, you know. Um, I don't know how people delve into, because it's a very popular genre uh, that people go into, you know, this crime podcast stuff. Um, and I'm into my running a lot now and I'm listening to, you know, various bits and pieces. But I can't imagine running in the dark, listening to a serial killer podcast because they, like they're experts at it, especially the people with this American life and NPR and all these people, absolute wizards with how they work the audio and the suspense into it. Bonkers. Um And also a quick shout out real quick um, patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. Um, again, it helps support uh, what I do. I'm not going to put my hand out uh, too much and start begging. But what I will say is if you get onto the fiver tier, you and I, I'm hand on heart, you literally get all of your money back after six months. And um, so we take that money because it's in dollars as well, uh, which is even less uh, valued in GBP. Uh, um, Buy you your t shirt of choice, or you can get a bobble hat, uh, property of tea, or one of those really smart press box polos. And anywhere in the world, um, we take that money that you've given us. We buy you your T-shirt and pay for your postage no matter where in the world. It gets more expensive as it gets to the States um, or Peru or Japan or whatever. Um, to our Russian listeners, which we have some, it um, goes out to you. So uh, we give you the T-shirt. That's on the fiver tier. But if you want to get on to our uh, monthly razz, which is the raffle every single month, um, well, then our gold member which is $10 a month. You get a free T-shirt after six months. So again, all your money back. And then you also get entered into the monthly draw too. Um, Some of the Patreon members have had some great success. There was one month that, uh, you know, the two top prizes, both won by Patreon. um, And I, you know, i won't spoil uh the draw that's going to be released um as well but again there's patreon success there too so if you want to support what we do um and you also want to get something in return um it's a great way to do it and to never miss one of those monthly rounds because they are pretty popular and they fill up pretty quickly but anyway let's get on to some um packers history and some newspaper slots and all the rest um, and delve in there and see what we can find (laughs) Okay, this is one that I've wanted to do for a while now um, on a gentleman that kind of struck me many years ago when I was looking into Packers history. More so because of his impact, the small amount of time that he spent with the organisation and also kind of the tragic end. And it's a man by the name of Jack Finisi. So who was Jack Finisi and why am I going to read out a newspaper article now? I'll spend a bit of time sort of talking about his career and his impact, and then I'll get on to the newspaper article, which is very underwhelming to be honest, for as important that he as he is, um, and how these things have this weird sort of all-encompassing um connection, as I'll go on and say. And then the newspaper article just kind of just kind of brushes over and doesn't really do do him justice. So he was featured in the Green Bay Press Gazette when he passed, on page one, and they kind of just rammed his obituary and news of his death in with game results which I couldn't believe when I saw it I was like god but one thing that does stand out though when you read the uh, when I read the article to you is that it doesn't put into perspective just how important he was because Lombardi hadn't went on and won all of his championships and everything else so he just seemed like a tragic story when really it's sort of since become a story of success. And Lombardi is always kind of coupled with Jack Venisi and the two of them are added together as being one entity and I'll explain why. So people either play up or play down his role in Green Bay when it comes to Vince Lombardi. Some credit him with being a large part of Lombardi's success, saying that he drafted the core talent that enabled Lombardi to be as successful as he was because at the end of the day, Jack Venisi was like a... And I see this quoted in all the articles about him. He was like a one-man personnel department. He was the top scout. And scouting wasn't new to the game. You know, people used to scout the same as... Well, not really the same as they do now. But the role is the same. Obviously, you know, you look at the college players um, or free agents or whatever from different teams and you get them in. And that was his role. So he was a scout in Green Bay before Lombardi got there. And I'll explain a bit more and detail a bit more of who he was responsible for... Uh, But needless to say, he worked with Vince Lombardi on the scouting department in the sense that he was the scouting department. So he was the man who supplied Vince Lombardi with his players. So with that being said, you know, they say that Lombardi would not be successful without Jack Finissie bringing him the players. Um, And then the other angle is, is that he drafted these players and they weren't doing what they went on to do before Lombardi in that year that dreadful year before Lombardi got there. Then Lombardi arrived and it was Lombardi who raised Vinici's status in the sense that he got these players who had fantastic potential and realised it. But either way, like, you know, one thing is true and you can believe what you like, but the fact of it is, is that like a rhino and a tick bird, this was symbiotic. I mean, this was one without the other. So Lombardi wouldn't have had the players to build a championship and then Vinicius wouldn't have had his name made for him and someone to use the players as he thought they would. In fact, Cliff Crystal even credits Vinisi with having an influential role on bringing Lombardi to the organisation in the first place in 1959. Because in fact, it was Vinisi who picked up the phone and called Lombardi and asked him to interview for the role. And remember, this is a time where the quote is that Lombardi was told at the time is that nobody is going to hire a head coach or general manager with a vowel at the end of their second name, meaning that anyone of Italian extraction uh, doesn't stand a chance. There was that sort of prejudice there. Um, Vinici, Italian heritage, as you can hear, um, certainly set the ball rolling to make it happen, to bring Vince Lombardi to Green Bay and when he got the job. Um, and to show you how important he is within the Packers movement, albeit it's not a very noisy movement, there's regular calls for Jack Vinici to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame because of the Hall of Fame players that he brought to Green Bay and the impact that he had. Because where do you credit Vince Lombardi with success because of Inici or vice versa? They both work together. And there's a quote in, I think it's the Green Bay Press-Gazette, that says he's the third most important non-packer player in the organisation, behind Curly Lambeau, who founded the team, and Vince Lombardi, who has been the reason why the stadium has sold out since his time. Um, and in fact, Vince Lombardi's relationship was integral to uh, his success in Green Bay with Vinici in the sense that Lombardi was reluctant to come to Green Bay because, like I highlighted um, for the last couple of weeks, the really stinging newspaper report around the gossip and drama with the Packers board and their fractious relationship with Lambo and anyone meddling in their affairs and they wanted to take over the coaching of the team and have a coach who was a yes man. And so Lombardi knew about this. It was in the media. uh, He was well aware of it from talking to people. And he wanted full control of football operations and player personnel and selection. And so, you know, Vinici's brother goes on and says in a different article that, you know, Lombardi said, you know, Vinici's my man. I only deal with him and I don't deal with any of you. Now, whether that's true, I don't know. Uh, But one thing is for sure that the relationship between Lombardi and Vinici was a loyal one and a very close one. So, you know, what did Vinici do? Who was he? He was a talent scout who worked with a network of other scouts and coaches um, and is largely sort of, you know, the the phrase that's bandied around in all the articles about him that you can read is that he was the one-man personnel department. Um, But, you know, there's photos of him greeting players uh, at the airport, uh, his method, according to his brother, was different than what was typical back in the day. Back in the day, they would depend on media write-ups of games, you know, game reports. There wasn't really any game tape or, scout like, the scouting report you'd have to obviously do yourself by going and looking at the player. Apparently, he did travel around a bit, uh, but most of his stuff and his method was is that he would recruit coaches, college coaches, to assess their own players and also the players that they were coming up against so if he you know had his eye on someone he wouldn't only go to their coach who might be biased he'd go to the opposing coach who's going to face him and ask him to give them a report and so that's how he operated which was way ahead of his time he would get these reports file them um and pour over them and then decide who he wanted to pick so look he's responsible for bringing an unbelievable amount of hall of famers to green bay um Sure, in one of the articles it says that out of all of the players, and there's a long list of them that uh, the Packers have in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Vinici is responsible for 10% of them, Um, bearing in mind that, and not to put a spoiler on the end of the story, Vinici died at age 33, he'd only been with the Packers 9-10 years at that stage, you know, this is a man who brought in Forrest Gregg, who Lombardi would later say was the finest player that he's ever coached. Uh, he brought Nitschke, who we see Jerry Kramer call a junkyard dog, and he was sitting on the bench. They call him the judge. Um, Bart Starr, 17-round draft pick. Jim Taylor, uh, don't need to uh, say any more there. Uh, Golden boy Paul Horning as well. Um, and he brought Willie Wood um, as a free agent. Um So he was a Notre Dame graduate himself, in fact. And it's incredible to say that the impact that he had on the team when he joined fresh out of college. So he was a graduate in 1950 and joined the Packers organization at that time. But we need to go back a bit into his freshman year when he, you know, was inevitably struck down with uh, rheumatic fever, uh, which ultimately would go on to end his life at age 33. Um, unbeknownst to anybody so he was a college tackle but after he got this rheumatic fever um, one of the symptoms was an enlarged heart and it was that symptom that ultimately killed him um, at his home on November 27, 1960 he was only 33 years old Lombardi Honorary Paul Bear at his funeral um, and when the Packers defeated the Bears then in a rout the following Sunday his widow um, Jackie finisi was given the game ball um an interesting story as well uh, in the milwaukee journal sentinel was is that the year after lombardi drafted Herb Adderley in the first round and his quote to him at that stage was the only reason i'm picking you is that jack re- recommended you you'd better be good um you know according to the same article that, proffered that lombardi would have had an easier time administering the team um and players and everything else if Vinici was still around and this sort of his death prematurely in turn put undue stress on Lombardi which in turn shortened his time in Green Bay now there's enough sort of evidence out there that said that the stress that was on Lombardi to perform at that high level um, negatively impacted his his health and you know his life was cut short shortly after he left Green Bay as well so it's amazing to see all of these things have kind of a knock-on effect So with that being said, let me read out the newspaper article that people would have read back in the day about the passing of Vinici. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it sort of goes, rambles into a game report on what the Packers need to do to clinch the conference and all this kind of stuff. So I won't get into it. Um, I'll just read the first part. It's quite short. Packers work with heavy hearts and hopes. Team saddened by Vinici death. 49ers give lift by Art Daly. Of all people, you'll know who Art Daly is um, if you're aware of Packers history. The Packers went back to work today with a heavy heart and high hopes. They were shocked and saddened by the death of Jack Vinici, the Packers business manager and chief talent scout, who died at his home an hour before the start of the 49ers upset of the champion Colts. Jack was especially close to the players and they all thought highly of him. He worked closely with them and coached GM Vince Lombardi at contract time and then attended to all the players' details during the season. Vinici took part in the drafting of every player on the Packer roster, topped by Dave Hanner, who is the Bay's oldest veteran in point of Green Bay service. He was the Bay's fifth draft choice in 1952. The Packers will attend the funeral at 11 o'clock Wednesday morning, and practice will be shifted to a different time that day. Normally drills start at that hour. The Packers thus watched the 49ers' Colts game, on television with conflicting emotions and the shocking news of Vinicius' death dampened the enthusiasm over the victory. I'll stop there because it goes into kind of the, you know, the ins and outs and the working of how the season should fall for the Packers to be successful and Lombardi's quoted as talking football. Um, So you can see there, like, they put his crowning achievement as uh, the drafting of Dave Hanner, who was a fantastic player and there's enough funny stories about um, Hanner. But... They didn't know at that stage, obviously, and that was written the day after his death, in November, um, nineteen sixty. They had no idea of the success that the players that he brought to Green Bay, uh, would do. You know, and it's it's a good thing. Like there's there's many times in the organization that, you know, the president has been asked when are they going to honor Jack Vinici properly and put his name up and then there's the jack finisi um you know you see all these articles from 2015 of them turning the sod at the jack finisi monument and people saying what a great time it is and then sort of trying to get his name into the pro football hall of fame but when you see the players throughout that period that he ended up drafting and the fact that he was responsible for 10 of all the hall of famers um it's very hard to separate him from vince lombardi to see how successful he would have been had another coach been in that place. But you cannot separate them in the sense that he was instrumental in bringing Lombardi to Green Bay in the first place. So rightly so, they're always linked. But that's Jack Vinici uh, died at age 33. Look up pictures of him and you'll see that he looked way older than his years. Something very typical of the age, I guess. Um, you know, But this was a big lad who played tackle himself. Um, a big imposing fella and with a rheumatic fever as well obviously took its toll Um, so he sort of, he looked older beyond his years incredible to think that he was struck down so early but that's the history segment and that concludes the podcast for this week, it was great getting to talk some history, it was great um, running through the news and it's going to be even better at the fact that Packers football and training camp albeit a ton of Covid tests um, are going to be Performed in Green Bay. So, some form of normality. eh, Can't really use that phrase, but good to see Green Bay Packer football and proper news articles uh, coming our way uh, with talent and all the complexities that that brings. But anyway, I've been at Steed the NFL, the Paddy Packer on Instagram. You can find me there. And of course, nip over to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash UK Packers. And of course, check out the 1919 shop, which is jam packed full. Of your favourite Packer player march. So until next week, guys, ladies, talk to you then.